Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. A reminder that you can subscribe to the show by clicking on the subscribe via email button on the left-hand side of your screen and then every time I upload a new show, you'll be notified in your inbox. And now, in today's show, we continue with our series of predictions for next year and it's my great pleasure to welcome back a man who I haven't spoken to for quite a long time. That man is, of course, Larry Pesavento. Larry, hello, how are you doing? Fine, Dominic. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Where where are you in the world at the moment? Uh, right now, I am in Tucson, Arizona, and we're getting ready to uh, go up to Scottsdale, Arizona, to spend Christmas with Mark Douglas and his wife, and then um, our family, of course, too. So uh, we're getting ready for a very uh, you know festive holiday. And is it cold? Is it cold and snowy there, or is it actually? Hot? It's been uh, one of the colder winters we've had here. We've had uh, as low as uh, 21 degrees uh, last week, and we've had snow in the mountains here. Uh, the overnight low is about 38, and we get to be about 70 during the day. So it's uh, it's nice after the sun comes up. I see. Yeah, very good, very good. Now, for those of you that don't know Larry, um, I should tell you about his work. Larry has a, an unconventional approach to uh, trading the stock market. Larry likes to look at charts. He likes to um, find uh, various patterns, repeating patterns, fractal patterns, and so on. And uh, Larry also likes to look up at the stars and the moon. And uh, he often makes trading decisions uh, based on the alignments of the planets. And, uh, you know, I imagine uh, you, you know a lot of people scoff at that. But uh, if you watch some of Larry's calls, um, you know, some of them are pretty amazing, including most memorably that that great bullish call you made in in March 2009. So. um, So, Larry, welcome back to the show. And and why don't you quickly, you know, in a minute or or two, just quickly describe some of the methods that you use. It's basically the cycle method that I use is called the Bradley model. It was developed by Donald Bradley in 1946. And what he did was he took the various cycles of the planetary pairs, in other words, Venus to Uranus, uh, you know, that happens to be, you know, X number of days. Uh, It is exactly 255 days. And if you divide 255 into 365, that comes out to a Fibonacci number of 0.618. And on these different planetary pairs come out to these numbers of sacred geometry of which the Fibonacci summation series is part of that. So all he did was look at numbers, and then he weighted the planets on whether they were positive or negative. Like Venus is a positive, Mercury is positive, Mars is negative, you know, Jupiter is positive, Saturn is negative. And then whenever these planetary pairs occurred, they would be a positive or negative number. And then so he was able to put that into a siderograph that basically charts what the stock market is supposed to do a year in advance, 10 years in advance. Uh, you know, I never go out past one year, but you can, you know, do it out to 3,020 if you wanted to. But I go one year at a time, and uh, what I've done is to, you know, show you what happened last year, where we are now, and here we are coming into December, and it looks like, you know, we're getting ready to have a rally, 
you know, the first few weeks, or for, excuse me, the first few months of uh, 2012, which is very similar to what happened in 2008. And then after, you know, the spring, it looks like we have a, a hard down move coming. But right now we're, we're continuing this up move. Okay, so, I mean, if I was to look at the fundamentals of the global economy, I'd see a, a mess in Europe, um, uh, various debt problems that in the United States that haven't come home to roost yet. I see a, a Chinese property bubble that's about to burst. I see a declining demand for commodities. All these things would make me want to run for cat run and hide, basically. But uh, over the first few months of next year, you're pretty bullish. Well, all I'm doing is just looking at what the cycles are telling me, and if, if, you, if we had time, I could go back to 2008 in January and show you that the market bottomed, uh, just like the Bradley model said it would, into January of 2008, and we would get a, a rally of about four months, which we did, and then we had the big move down, which the Bradley market actually uh, did a beautiful job of showing where it was going, and it went down to the exact date of the bottom of 2009, which was the you know March fifth date that uh, you know turned out to be the biggest low in many many years. Yeah. Okay. Now you've sent me a chart, Larry. So I'm going to post that up on the website so people can download it and, and have a look at it. But uh, looking at this kind of ide- idealized um, idealized chart for, for the for the Dow and for the S and P, we've got a rally through till I would say late late April. With a couple of yes, that, that, along the way. That, that, that is exactly correct. That's exactly what you're. That's exactly what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's um, let's move the, the 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 discussion away from the stock markets and let's talk next about gold. What what do you see gold doing? Okay, gold is at a real critical level because we had that parabolic move from fifteen hundred an ounce to nineteen hundred an ounce, and then we came back and tested the $1,500 an ounce again. And, and as long as gold can stay above that $1,500 an ounce, the bias is to the upside uh, in the gold market. Uh, it's not an easy upside call, but as long as that level of $1,500 an ounce holds, then that's pretty good. The problem that gold is having, and, and also silver, is the fact that we've had a, a tremendous drop in, in open interest and in volume. In other words, players have left the market and that makes it very difficult to, you know, sustain a bullish, uh, you know, picture if you don't have new players coming into the market. Now they could appear at any time, but over the past, uh, you know, two or three months, you know, the the volume has dropped by uh, 40 or 50 percent, and we've lost about uh, 33 percent of the players by the declining open interest. Um, I, I don't know if you'd agree with this theory, but I, I kind of stare at the gold chart and gold kind of got ahead of itself in May 2006 and then again in early 2008 and it it where it just went up too far too quickly and it kind of did the same thing again in the summer when it went to 1900 and when it makes one of those big moves you get a basically a year of kind of consolidation whipsawing action and uh, I just think we've got an, we're in another one of those periods for gold now I think eventually it's going much higher but I don't see it breaking above 1900 anytime in the next six or nine months. Well, you you know, it, it's there's the, the, there's a possibility of that, Dominic, and the reason why is, you know, gold since uh, you know the 2010 has made higher bottoms, you know, all along the way. Even in our big steep correction in September, when it dropped, you know, three hundred dollars an ounce, it didn't take out the lows of June. And what's interesting is, is that low that occurred there at 1555 was an exact to the exact dollar of a 61% retracement of the January low 
from the 1290 level. So that 61% retracement has, you know, become very, very strong support. That's why I'm referring to $1,500 as such a strong uh, spot. And then we, you know, we from there we rallied up to, you know, the 61% retracement at the 1780 level. And then we came down again and, and stopped again above the 17 or 1570 level. And, you know, now we're setting at 1600. All we need is a about a hundred dollar rally and gold could actually, you know, could, could go a lot higher. Okay. Well, it has I, not. Bro- it has not broken the downtrend. Not not has not broken the downtrend line as yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I hope you're right, Larry. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, so that's gold. Uh, what about now? I, I understand that your trade of the year is to be short the bond market, the the long bond, the U.S. dollar long. Oh bond. gosh, yes. Uh, I could, uh, if you'd like, I could send you the long term picture in this because it's such a it's such an incredible picture. That uh, of you know where interest rates have gone over the past uh, oh my goodness uh, 30 years and uh, I you know I, I really believe that this is the what I what I think is the trade of the year is to be short these bonds uh, if we can get them up to the 150 level and uh, my trade of the year is um, the TBT in other words to buy you know the uh, ETF for the TBT because you know many people can't. Uh, handle the futures markets either yeah. they're too afraid of them or something and so what i'll do is uh, for your subscribers i'll drop in the uh you know the, the chart of, of the tbt of what we're looking at and you'll you'll see that it has a uh we're we're, we're waiting we haven't been filled yet yeah. we're still looking we're still looking for the market to come down uh, a little bit more in other words for bonds to rise uh to that 150 level that would be the ideal you know situation of what we want to uh we want to see happening, but if we do get this uh, this pattern that we're looking at in the uh, TBT, it's known as the butterfly pattern. You know, everyone's familiar with the Gartley, and the butterfly pattern is basically an extension of that Gartley pattern. And uh, if we get that uh, TBT down to that 1680 level, uh, that's what we're looking at as far as uh, you know, getting a, a trade on. And then putting a three-dollar stop on it for a uh, potential trade of the year. Uh, in 2009, when the bonds were 144, that was our trade of the year. In uh, 2009, and um, we always do it at the end of the year. And in December of 2009 is when those bonds were going straight up, when the stock market was going straight down, and uh, you know they dropped twenty-five thousand dollars in three months. So. Whether they do it again or not, I don't know. But you, your viewers can look and see that over a 30-year period, this thing has been in an incredible channel. All of the corrections and all of the moves have been equal. And so it's very harmonic. It's, uh, it's rel- relatively predictable. And it certainly offers a very low risk for a high profit potential, in my opinion. Yeah, it's an incredibly well-behaved chart, isn't it? Yes, um, it is. I mean, if, if that bond, if the long bond goes to 150, I mean, goodness knows, then that, that is just insane. You, you can't, I mean, you have, I, mean I, I just can't believe it. Anyway. Well, I, I know that, but you know, uh, you know, we've been to 147, and well, if, the bonds, yeah. if the bonds happen to get there, you know, you'll be basically looking at a 30-year yield of, uh, you know, two point, um, I believe the exact number is uh, 2.5%. And Dominic, I don't know, of anybody that uh, would loan uh, money out at uh, that level for uh, that long a period of time, you know, I mean, would you loan anybody, uh, you know, uh, for 30 years money at 2.5 uh, percent? No, 
No, I mean it's insane. I mean that that's 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 what I don't understand. But you know, people tell you that you know that we're looking at the same thing that j- happened to Japan, but this is not true. If you look at the charts, the charts of the Japanese bond market, uh, you know, and the the, ch- the start the the chart of the U.S. Uh, Treasury bond market, they're they're totally different. And so this is what we're uh, you know this is what we're looking at is the fact that you know you you do have a different uh, you know different scenario this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that. That's the bond market covered. Thank you very much. Now let's go uh, to what should we talk about now? The U.S. dollar. Ah, uh, sure. The U.S. dollar is a good one because we are at a really interesting point in the dollar now. We've been in a 62-day cycles of the um, the dollar index now for uh, you know three three consecutive cycles. We should have some resistance at this 81 level when you know we're we hit 81. Uh, a little while ago, and then I think we'll have a nice pullback down to the to the 76 level in the in the bond market. Uh, excuse me, in the in the U.S. dollar market. But uh, you know, right now I wouldn't be buying the dollar here. Uh, and the, the euro is incredibly oversold. You know, and, and the news there is so bad. They pretty much, you know, li- like you mentioned, you know, everything looks really really bad, and yet these markets are not acting like they want to go down. Dominic, something. Somebody is not afraid to buy these things, given all of this bad news. Yeah, now, you know, so you have to respect that. Yeah, and and I think this same kind of trade, this risk on, risk off trade, where U.S. dollar rises and everything else falls, and vice versa, uh, we're still stuck in that kind of um, in that kind of rut, aren't we? Yes, we are. Okay, now let's let me just uh, very quickly ask you now, just just before we started uh, the show, I got Larry to look at a couple of charts and. Uh, um, these are markets that Larry doesn't normally look at, but um, I just wanted to get his his view of them. And the first one, um, uh, it was GDXJ. Now, for those of you that GDXJ is the ETF that tracks the junior um, gold mining stocks. And um, so, Larry, why, why don't you give us your opinion on on uh, on on GDXJ at the moment, just purely from a technical point of view? Um, have you got well, that? Yes, from the technical point of view, it really it's really formed a very nice uh, bottom, and uh, I think that uh, you know if if a person wants to be looking at that, I would I would certainly uh, do that, and 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 if they have an interest, you know, in looking at the you know the gold bug in the the the, um, the, uh, the UE, uh, I'm going to put that in and show you that it's just completed a a perfect buy pattern. Uh, down here at this, uh, you know, five uh, four ninety five level, and uh, it it looks that this is one of the reasons why you know gold and silver still look pretty interesting to me is because this is uh, coming in at higher bottoms. The cycles have been uh, you know very beautiful to to see the the harmonics of the move. In other words, the symmetry between all of these A B C D moves is just really amazing. If people don't believe in pattern recognition, if they just take a look at this H U I gold bug index. You'll see that it just made a major bottom and is in the, in the midst of a rally, and I think it's going to cause that gold mining stock to, uh, you know, uh, index to catch up with it. And the risk here is very, very small. If we take out last week's low, uh, this trade would not be working, and so you have a very, very small risk here given the fact of, you know, where the pattern is. It's a, it's a really beautiful pattern. Okay, and, and if I'm right in saying uh, you, you suggested that GDXJ is a buy at around 25 with a stop at just above yes. 24. and the stop just above 24, so it's a very, very low risk. And, um, you know, I don't do that one because it's, it's a rather relatively lower volume, but I do look at the gold-silver, or the gold-bug um, index 
which is trades you know quite actively and it's it's very very uh, symmetrical uh, the pattern is quite easy to see and uh, you know we we could get a rally of at least uh, you know 10 or 15% in this okay now the next um, the next uh, chart that I'd, I'd like your comment on Larry that, that I, I pinged you over before the um, program began was a was a was the CDNX now the CDNX is is basically the composite of the two exchanges in Canada the Toronto Stock Exchange and the Venture Exchange and the CDNX um, is is there's hundreds and hundreds of exploration mining exploration companies listed on that exchange and it's kind of a, a bellwether for mining exploration and uh, it's been a pretty, pretty horrible market in 2011. But uh, I got Larry to look at, at that chart. And Larry, what, what, what did you make of that one? Well, Dominic, uh, when this has made a perfect Gartley buy pattern at the one at the 1400 level. Uh, you know, we came down into late October, and then we had a pretty good rally into that gap level uh, at around 1650. Uh, and then it came down very, very orderly in the AB equals CD pattern. That's that lightning bolt, you know, pattern that we use as our guideline for where prices should go. And that stopped exactly at the 786 off of the October low to the low that we just made uh, just a few days ago. And so that tells us as long as you stay above that uh, 1395 level uh, in this uh, CDNX, this is a buy, and we could go all the way up. Uh, too easy to hit the 1800 level uh, just on a short covering rally or a you know bear market rally so this still looks uh, it looks bullish to me at this level because you don't have to risk very much uh, it shows the close at 1444 and if you go below 1395 I would say you're out and uh, but it should hold that level it was a perfect number uh, the AB equals CD level from um, November to December was absolutely perfect in time and price and so it's got everything going for it from the long side, as near as I can tell. And and that ties in with your kind of broader stock market theory that we're going to get a rally between now and the spring. Well, that's what it looks like, you know. And, and you know, Dominic, you and I have been friends for years, and you haven't heard me talk bullish very often. I think, I, you know, in, in, May, in May of 2009, maybe in July of uh, 2010. But other than that, I, I have not been bullish very often. <laughs> Very good. And, and, and after the spring, are you pretty bearish? Is, is the oh, yeah. Level? After the spring, we're going to see, I think we're going to see a repeat of the uh, 2008 and probably be even worse. Uh, that's my guess. Oh, dear. All right. Well, the reason why there, there's so much complacency, you know, everybody's become complacent. And that's that's what happened in 2008. And so we'll have to wait and see. All right. Now, let me ask you something, Larry, about a completely different uh, um, subject. It's something I've been following from the UK, and that is the um, the uh, the the uh, Republican nomination. Um, what, what, you, you're kind of you, you watch, you know, mainstream television, I presume, in the states. What, what's the feeling about the Republican Party? Who, who's going to win that nomination? Well, I I want Abraham Lincoln to win, but he's not running. So. Uh... <laughs> You know, Dominic, I have no interest in uh, in politics. I think it's all a bunch of baloney. I do vote. I usually vote straight Republican because I, you know, I don't like to give away programs. That, well, they all give it away, but uh, I don't particularly care for uh, the politics where you know we've given you know four or five trillion dollars to the to our banking system and forgot the poor people and stuff like that. So I, you know, politics to me is, is very frustrating. You know, I can look at a bar chart and it tells me what to do. If I listen to these bozos on TV, you know, I know they're lying because their lips are moving and they want to be, they want to be elected. 
So, you know, it's just some people enjoy it, but frankly, Dominic, I'm not one of them. Okay. And is, is Ron Paul a man you follow at all? Oh, yes. I like to listen to Ron Paul because he's against the Federal Reserve, which I think is, uh, you know, doesn't do uh, the thing that it should be doing. And he does, you know, try to, you know, make some of these economic things make sense. There's a few people in, in the Senate and the Congress that do it, but there are very few. Most of them, it's a power thing, and, you know, they want to pr- keep their power going. And, you know, some of these guys have been there for four or five terms, 16 to 20 years. That, that's, that's not fair. We need new blood in there to get some, you know, we don't want these lobbyists giving them all the money and stuff, and that's the problem. It becomes a power struggle. It's no different than where you live, buddy. It's the same thing. I know. And has Ron Paul got a chance or not? Uh, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no chance. No, because he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the big money back in him. Okay. All right, yeah. well, Larry, uh, you know, thank you so much for your time. You're always very generous with your time, and, and I do appreciate it, and you've always got some very interesting things to say, and, and so thank you very much. Do you have a website uh, that you want to plug? I know you're doing a radio show um, all the time in, in the States. Yeah, now. well, do I, I, do a, I do a radio show um, every uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, you can listen to it at www.tfnn. That's Tiger Financial News Network. That's uh, Tom O'Brien's thing, and I do that three days a week. And then I also have my own website, which is www.tradingtutor.com. Excellent stuff. Well, Larry Pesavento, thank you very much. Thank you, Dominic, and happy holidays to you, my friend. Thank you. Happy Christmas. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 